The service of prayer and preaching for the sixth Sunday after Trinity, July 11th, 2021. The first hymn is LSB 353, Jesus Came, the Heavens Adoring. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Sanctify us in your truth. Your word is truth. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The 
God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. With joy will you draw water from the wells of salvation, and you will say in that day, Give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, proclaim that his name is exalted. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitants of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. My strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. A reading from Exodus, the 20th chapter. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments." You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates." For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant, or his female servant, his ox, or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
The introit is verses from Psalm 28. the strength of his people. He is the saving refuge of his anointed. Save your people and bless your heritage. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. To you, O Lord, I call. My rock, be not deaf to me. Lest, if you be silent to me, I become like those who go down to the pit. Hear the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cry to you for help, when I lift up my hands towards your most holy sanctuary. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts and I am helped. My heart exults and with my song I give thanks to him. Glory be to the Father and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. The Lord is the strength of his people. He is the saving refuge of his anointed. Save your people and bless your heritage. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. Reading from Romans, the sixth chapter. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, By the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him, in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been declared righteous from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must count yourselves dead to sin and living to God in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In a reading from Matthew, the fifth chapter, Jesus said, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly, I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to those of old, 
You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says, You fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. So if you are offering your gift at the altar, and then remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser, while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge, and the judge to the guard, and you be put in prison. Truly I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Continue with the common responsory on page 263. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly set in the heavens. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. We continue with the Ten Commandments, the Apostles' Creed, and the Lord's Prayer. You shall have no other gods. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. How many of you believe in Jesus? And I mean, really believe in Jesus. How many of you truly believe that he is the Son of God? That he is God himself with full knowledge and authority? How many truly believe his words? Hear again and listen carefully to what he says to us today. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same 
will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus came not to abolish or get rid of the law. This summary, of course, that was given on Mount Sinai was read again for us this morning in Exodus chapter 20. Read that list again. There is nothing there that is still not required of you. Unless your righteousness surpasses the Pharisees and scribes, you cannot enter into heaven. You want to know what God's will and purpose for your life is? You want to know his direction? You want to know what God wants, requires, and demands of you? He tells you in Exodus 20. That is his judging standard. Jesus has not come to say, You don't have to worry about those things anymore. You're free. Do whatever you want. No. Jesus fills them. And he says, Unless you are better than the Pharisees and the scribes. So, what does that mean? Pharisees and scribes reinterpreted the words of God to fit their own needs. They had downplayed the authority of God's word and turned them into a selfish order of self-justification. They took the authority upon themselves, told God that he really didn't know what he was doing, and changed the meaning of God's word. They taught that as long as one didn't physically take another person's life, they were not guilty of murder. They taught that actions are the only thing that accounted for sin. It is beneficial and quite needed for us to think carefully about these words. When Jesus speaks of Pharisees and scribes, he is speaking to religious churchgoers. Have we redefined Jesus' words to fit our own? Do we have a misunderstanding of Jesus' work, mission, and words today? Do we still believe Jesus that he has not come to abolish the law and prophets, which means we are to live and try hard to square our lives away with the Ten Commandments? That when we are caught and see ourselves falling in any of the sins listed there, if we are caught in the actions covered by those commandments, we are to repent, confess our sins, turn away from them, and live a new life. But church people have this idea that it's only the actions one must worry about. You see, it is actions, and actions speak louder than words. But actions can also be deceiving. Jesus has not abolished the law, he fulfills it. Immediately following this admonition, Jesus takes up two examples. The fifth commandment is the rest of our gospel text, and the sixth commandment following in the verses after. But see what Jesus does? He reveals the full intention of the law of God. It's not just our actions, but it's the heart, the mind, the will. The entire being of man is to reflect God, thus being in the image of God. It is not just actions. Our words can kill another. Racha is a term that means fool, moron, empty-headed. And we show this anger against our neighbor by saying this directly to them. When we refuse to talk to them or refuse to look at them, when we laugh at them behind their backs and make fun of them, ridiculing them to others, or when, in any way, we show that the degradation or ruin of a person would make us happy. You shall not kill is the same as saying, you may find as many ways to kill as you have organs. You may use your hand, your tongue, your heart. You may use signs and gestures. You may use your eyes to look at someone sourly or, or to begrudge him his life. You may even use your ears if you don't, do not like to hear him mentioned 
All this is included in killing. Your heart and everything about you would be happy if that person were dead. Meanwhile, your hand may still may be still, your tongue quiet, your eyes and ears muffled. Still, your heart is full of murder and homicide. These things we are to avoid. These things we are not to do. That is the fifth commandment. It's not just actions. You good church people. It is your heart, mind, and will. Take a moment to reflect upon the will of God in Exodus 20, not just your actions. But has your will, your heart, your entire being kept every one of these laws? Jesus' teaching doesn't end there either. He says, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least. Now this phraseology in Matthew means that you're out of the kingdom and liable to the fires of hell. So what are you teaching? What are you teaching others about the words and will of God in every one of these commandments? Are you teaching the full extent and depth of each of these commands towards God to yourself, your children, your neighbors? What does your being say about you? Does it fully reflect God? If not, repent. Confess to God and know his forgiveness. Jesus came to fulfill the law and the prophets. Not one yoda or dot has been changed or removed. You cannot fill it. Jesus does. Knowing that Jesus died for me and rose for me, can I just do whatever I want? Am I free to do what I want because I know that Jesus forgives me anyways? Is God a divine vending machine? (laughs) Not even close. Here again, what St. Paul tells us this morning. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, If we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and living to God in Christ Jesus. You see, Christ has washed us and set us free from sin. We are dead to sin. For the Christian, for those whom God has touched, we live a new life. We live in works of li- the works of life. We don't harbor anger at our neighbor. We pray for them. 
We forgive them. We live for them. We help them. We don't make them earn our forgiveness. We didn't earn it from God. We no longer live in selfishness. Rather, we live in selflessness. Christ has died for my sin. He has washed me in his blood. My baptism has buried me with him. He has set me free to live fully in the image of God and to bear the image of the fullness of his commandments. My will is to love others, to see past the actions of the sin, and to see another child whom God loves. For those whose actions or wills are still opposed to God, my will is the same as God's, who desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth, to show them the fullness of God's law so that they will know the comfort of the Holy Gospel so that they will know the full consolation of Jesus Christ. To preach the law is to show the depth of sin, to clean out the wound, so that healing and life can begin. The law has not changed. Our sinful nature has not changed. While I've been baptized, buried and risen again, my body is still waiting to be buried and rise again. Jesus has died for it, but it has not yet been realized. That means I live a life towards God still in a sinful body. Does that mean I will sin? Yes. But that does not mean that it is okay to willingly sin. To do so is to directly defy God. The reality for the Christian is to be constantly reminded of his death for me. I have talked of the importance of eating and drinking of the sacrament as Christ's sacrificial death. To keep it ever before us and to deny that gift is to to deny life itself. If you believe Jesus is the Son of God, then there should be no problem eating and drinking it often because he tells us so. But there is another sacrament you need to remind yourself of, or be reminded of. Not just weekly, but daily. Luther fully understood this, and that is why in his outline for devotions that you find in the Catechism, he says to start by making the sign of the cross and saying in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The simple gesture is a reminder of the life-giving sacrament that buried you with Christ. This sacrament gave you a new life to eat and drink of Christ's word, his body, and blood. This simple gesture is done in the morning to remind you of the gift of a new day, the gift of life from God, and a new disposition and will that you now live towards yourself and others because you are God's child. This gesture is done at the end of the day to remind you of the gift of life and protection that is yours even while you sleep, that God carries you and holds you as you rest. This simple gesture is done to remind you of whose name worship is done in and are standing before God as saints and sinners as we call upon his name to begin our service. This gesture is done at the end of the creed as a reminder that through baptism we have been given eternal life. This simple gesture is done as we partake of the sacrament, when the body and blood are placed in your mouth as a reminder that his death, his life, his victory is for you, the baptized, to give you strength as you carry your crosses in life. A reminder that he has borne your sins and your griefs, and here at this altar you share in his life with others as you kneel together as a family. This simple gesture is done at the end of the service as a reminder of God's name placed upon you for your peace. Luther says this gesture must be taught to every child. 
When something is scary or frightening or tempting or difficult, one is to make the sign of the cross and say, Dear Jesus, help me. This prayer calls upon the name of God, which causes the devil and the devil's power to flee. Jesus has fulfilled the law and the prophets, and your righteousness is filled in Jesus. It's not a quantitative thing. It cannot be measured. His righteousness is yours, and he gives it to you qualitatively and relationally. The church, you and I, live in Christ, and he in us, and we make this simple gesture to remind us of that very fact. Jesus fills the law, fills the prophets, and thanks be to God, he fills us. We kneel and humbly receive his life and his grace for us. We thank you, Christ, new life is ours, new light, new hope, new strength, new powers. This grace our every way attend until we reach our journey's end. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. We sing hymn LSB 562, All Mankind Fell in Adam's Fall. Justified by grace. 
We thank you, Christ, new life is ours. New light, new hope, new strength, new powers. This grace our every way attend until we reach our journey's end. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the gift of divine peace and of pardon with all our heart and with all our mind, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the holy Christian church, here and scattered throughout the world, and for the proclamation of the gospel and the calling of all to faith, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this nation, for our cities and communities, and for the common welfare of us all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For seasonable weather and for the fruitfulness of the earth, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who labor, for those whose work is difficult or dangerous, and for all who travel, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all those in need, for the hungry and homeless, for the widowed and orphaned, and for all those in prison, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the sick and the dying, and for all those who care for them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Finally, for these and for all our needs of body and soul, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord of all power and might, author and giver of all good things, graft into our hearts the love of your name. Increase in us true religion. Nourish us with all goodness, and of your great mercy, keep us in the same. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Blessed Lord, you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by the patience and comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Christ has been raised from the dead, Alleluia, Alleluia. Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Raised from the dead, he will never die again. Death has no more dominion over him. Christ has been raised from the dead. Alleluia, alleluia. Dying 
Christ to sin once for all. Living, he lives to God. Count yourselves as dead to sin and alive to God. In Christ Jesus our Lord. Christ has been raised from the dead. Alleluia. Alleluia. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve us. Amen. We sing hymn LSB 870, Now That Daylight Fills the Sky. Daylight fills the sky. 